0: Everybody, Welcome to the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Crohn's warrior, IgA nephropathy warrior, and focused on food, fitness, and sharing the individual stories of IBD. Thank you so much for joining me today. Now let's get to it. Well, hi, everyone. My guest today is Brittany Blaze, who's been living with Crohn's disease for the past 12 years since she was 14. She's tried multiple medications, diets, and fitness programs throughout her journey. She's passionate about health and wellness and is here today to share her story. Thank you so much for joining me today, Brittany, and welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Stephanie. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Well, I'm really excited to have you on, and it's been a little while since I've actually had some guests because I did some moving, and so I'm just set up here in, in a new state now, so I'm super excited to have you on after a short break. So let's go ahead. Let's jump right in. And why don't you go ahead and start off by sharing your Crohn's story. Take us through when you had your first symptoms and how and when you were diagnosed.
1: Okay. So probably have had symptoms since I was eight years old, (laughs) to be honest, not knowing what was going on, nothing I wanted to talk about of course, uh, more so bathroom problems. I didn't really have any sort of stomach pain really when I was very young. Um, however, ignored it all for quite some time. Notice I was feeling sick after eating, um, but i always hated doctors, hated going to hospitals. So I always just tried to whatever, everything will be fine. Um, knowing though, growing up, my dad did have Crohn's disease. And my brothers would even joke around, oh, you have Crohn's, you have Crohn's. Every time we'd like, would run to the bathroom, like, no, I don't, don't tell me that. And then it really got to a point all the way till I was 13 years old, I had a really bad flu and I was out of school for almost three weeks. And that was finally the point where I had to go to the doctor because I wasn't getting better from this flu. And it was all the symptoms. And uh, so I go to my family doctor, instantly refers me to a gastroenterologist. You know, he's like, your daughter either has an eating disorder or a GI condition, unfortunately. Um, I got diagnosed very quickly. Luckily, we kind of already had a good idea. Um, so I was fortunate for that. They started with um, a uh, well, blood test, of course, barium test. If you heard of that, so it was like drinking the... This was over this was yeah, over ten years ago now, so I'm not sure if they even still do the barium test. We have to drink the thick white chalk, and, and this is when you were
0: fourteen, up. right,
1: yeah, that was actually on my fourteenth birthday. I did the barium test
0: <laughs> so much for a birthday cake, it's a barium yeah bar-
1: <laughs> no, no, yeah, barium cake, um. <laughs> So that was fun. And uh then into colonoscopy endoscopy, also 10 years ago, I feel like was it was very different speaking to doctors now. I really should probably get one. It's have, I haven't even gotten one since because to be honest, I had a terrible experience, but not to freak anyone out because it definitely has changed the um the medication that they give you while you're out and the even the buildup, the process of cleaning yourself out. Um it was it was very, very painful. Not the going to the bathroom part, that's fine, but it the lining of my intestine was so inflamed at the time that the stuff to push everything down and through um irritated it. Not knowing though, at the time that you know I wasn't even aware of what I was putting in my body that was irritating me. Um, so anyway, got diagnosed very quickly. It was great. So instantly went on uh prednisone, pretty high dose, along. I think I started off prednisone, then they moved me to methotrexate, I believe was the first oral pill that I started on. Um, During this time, I was a competitive dancer since I was eight years old, uh, highly competitive, was dancing 30 hours plus a week at the dance studio, Um, always been a straight A student as well, or pretty well, Um, always just put a lot of pressure on myself, uh, even though probably not necessarily, not even from external, just always wanted to do well all the time. I know we've talked about, you know, having type A personalities, having Crohn's. Is this a coincidence that a lot of us are type A? I personally don't think so. Um, Definitely there's a connection there, right? Uh, Between mind and body. So anyway, um, so yeah, when I was 14 is really when it, it got really, really bad. And the diagnosis was there. Um, I'm in these dance competitions in the middle of it. I'm in the spring, April, May time. I have solos, duets, all these groups. I have like, you know, 10 dances that I have to go and compete off. And they wanted to admit me into the hospital. Because uh, I also had, I got like a flu cold on top of all these symptoms. I also got the, um, what's it called? The earthema nodosum, I think it's called. Oh,
0: yeah. All the sores, the spots on your on your legs were they on your arms too or
1: did they just come on the legs no just my shins so that was an experience felt like you got beat with a baseball bat and it was weird because every time you stood up from laying down, like the blood i feel like rushed to it and that made it very painful so i was being carried on and off from backstage um and i was like i have to do this there's no way i'm missing out especially on the groups we had this one group too um where i was uh acting as if I was a spirit in the dance. So I was very well much needed in this dance. I wasn't gonna let my team down. So I did it on stage. And it was kind of funny in hindsight, because I did look like I got in a car accident or something as terrible as that sounds. Um, You can kind of put some humor into it. Yeah, you
0: have to, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, you have to. Um, so did that alter? I didn't do my solos and duets. Uh, you know, my partner at the time was very, uh, understanding of that. So I tried to minimize it as much as I could, however, still went through it. Eventually, uh, that did get better believe through being on prednisone and going on the methotrexate. So those symptoms eliminated, which was great. Um, moving on from there wasn't short it wasn't even probably a year after that I was just you know still not feeling hundred percent well at this point I'm still pretty much eating whatever I wanted um mm-hmm. I always ate very healthy in terms of you know my vegetables my fruits my meats everything was there but I would still be eating pastas and pizzas when I wanted and I really I had a big sweet too so I'd eat things here and there but I was always the student too that would eat her. Uh, fruit at the 10am snack and then would reward herself for dessert later. Like just <laughs> very, very strangely like that in a health mindset. Um, and from then, so I went on uh, Remicade. So not even about a year after that.
0: Real quick before you jump in there, because you mentioned your dad had Crohn's too. Was it? Was it helpful? Was it supportive as you're going through this the whole time with him? Did he have any advice guiding you along this journey too? Since it's something you had together essentially?
1: Yes, very, very much so. I feel so blessed to have had that support and someone actually understand what I was going through. I feel so terrible for the families that, you know, their son or daughter is going through this and they've no idea what's going on, um, especially with the food. So I was just gonna mention. Right as I went on Remicade, I was on it for even maybe six months or so, and I'm still not feeling well. And after that, Biologics, the strongest medication that you could possibly go on, the next conversation with your gastroenterologist is surgery. Me, no way ever I am getting surgery. Terrified, like I said, don't even like going to the doctor's office to begin with. The thought of it freaks me out. I started breaking down into tears in the office. Not Okay.
0: Are you like 15, 16 at this point?
1: I'm, uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm like not even 15. And uh, right at that point, I had a, so before that appointment, I had half a blueberry bagel for breakfast, not healthy. And on our way with someone, personally with someone with Crohn's, and on our way home, my dad goes, if you really want to fight this and really take control and you want to avoid surgery, Cause I was so young. He didn't introduce me to the diet just yet, but he's like, I went on this specific carbohydrate diet and it changed everything for me. Very strict for two years. You know, it's going to suck for a little bit, but let's do it. Thank goodness to that day. Um, completely saved me healed was feeling so much better even after like a week two weeks. I remember counting the days and every single week after week, I was feeling better and better slowly and slowly. So I went home. Uh, he's like, we're making tuna and, uh, in a lettuce boat with some cheese on it. I'm like, Oh, cheese. Great. Dah, dah, dah. And we're going through the legal, legal list. I was religious to this diet for probably a year and a half. I did not have one bite of anything off of this diet. Did he do it with you for the most part? Yeah. Thank goodness. My, both my parents were very, very supportive and I was younger. So they are buying groceries and things like that for me. Um, so helpful. And, you know, I, I was very, um, self-sufficient in making dinners and, uh, all of my desserts and everything. My parents traveled a lot. So I was left alone a lot since I was like 10 years old uh, defending for myself and my two older brothers, I'd be cooking for them type thing. Um, (laughs) but, um, no, thank goodness it all worked out, you know, religious with the yogurt, the specific with the probiotics and, you know, slowly learning more and more about the gut, but not as much. I just knew that this diet was working for me. And that was kind of it after a year and a half, I started taking, you know, little bites of food again.
0: What do you think helped with that mindset to get you through that first year and a half of being so strict because that's a young age to to have such a radical diet change like that and to stick with it and to be so adamant that that you're doing it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Bringing to school the specific carbohydrate bread, which looks like a brown blob with some honey and peanut butter between it or some, you know, real chicken breast or something. People like, what are you eating? This is I didn't care because I wanted to avoid surgery at all costs. I had the conversation and I, that was my mindset. It's I'm I need to do this. I'm getting better. This may suck now, but I know in the long run, um, this is really going to help me because I'm not spending the rest of my life in and out of hospitals. You know, they wanted to admit me before they want they he wanted to do surgery. He like he goes okay, fine. The amount of emergency surgeries I do, you know, basically, good luck, have fun, and no conversation around diet. We all kind of know this with gastroenterologists, unfortunately. Um, can't blame them too much, maybe even 10 years ago, because their uh, education on it wasn't really there. However, now there is a lot more studies and research being done on it. We all know about the microbiome, microbiota, um, changing the bacteria in your gut is so important, really getting down to the root cause.
0: I was I was just going to ask, how did your doctors respond when you said you weren't going to do the surgery and you were going to do the diet? Did you tell them about the specific carbohydrate diet? And what was their reaction?
1: Yeah, so I think I was doing appointments every two or three months at that point. And I said, you know, see you in three months. Uh, I think I was still getting blood work every couple weeks or something. But um, within three months, he couldn't actually feel my lump of inflammation anymore. He goes, actually, so I think I mentioned it to him very briefly. I had the conversation with my dad before. Do I mention this? He even said he's like, I don't even think there's a point because I already know. My dad's been in pharmaceuticals. He works with doctors pretty much his whole career. He understands their thought process and didn't really think that was going to get me anywhere. Anyway, I remember mentioning it slightly. He's just like, oh no, brushed it off very quickly. Right? Didn't tell him. I remember I was just so at this point. Even, you know, after every follow up, then he's like, okay, I'll see you in six months. Okay, I can see you in eight months like this. He was weirded out. He's like, I don't know how you went from we need to do surgery to feeling no inflammation in your gut. And were you doing any other medications at the time? I was still on Remicade throughout this process. Yeah. Um, but even on the Remicade before without doing diet, I just wasn't feeling great. And my inflammation levels were down and everything. And just wild. I remember just telling him, uh, right as I was actually up. So a couple years later, I'm going off to University of Ottawa. And I said, you know, like, see ya, like I'm I'm moving out, I'm not gonna be here for a while. And uh, you know, I'll come back like you know, every six months or something for my appointments. He goes, So he kind of got like so you know, what would you do or whatever? And I'm like, Oh, well, I'm studying psychology. And it's just, it's all in the mind. It's all in the mind. <laughs> I just didn't really, now I would totally have the conversation and now I would totally want to bring more awareness to his patients in office and say, Hey, look, you were blown away from my results. This is actually what I did. Um, that's something I still want to do. I just haven't really had maybe the courage or anyway. Um, yeah, until then. So I've been following this specific carbohydrate on and off, I would say I've I've added rice in my diet, wanted to live a little when I went to university, I was doing very well on Remicade getting my infusion. So I started to eat pizza here and there, maybe a shawarma, like being a student. Um, To be honest, I've always loved drinking alcohol on occasion on the weekends. I was a big party girl. Um, you know, all the things like I was really living my life and it was awesome because I really took that year and a half, I believe to just heal my insides, let the inflammation calm down, take a break, listen to my body. Um, and it really, really worked. So from there, I would still have flares though here and there, but nothing crazy. Like I was never dying in pain or, um, you know, bathroom here and there, but nothing too, too crazy. It was very manageable and controllable throughout university. Um, and then about two years ago, I Was So I switched to Humira just so I could do it at home, the injection. The infusions were great. um, But as I got into my young professional career, taking four or five hours, well, it's basically the whole day because you're on Benadryl. You can't drive home. Having someone also pick me up and drive me back. Like I said, my parents are busy, very busy in their businesses and everything. So it was tough. So I decided to switch to Humira. I did all the same things. Um, and I was, I was doing well managing, but I still like, have these flares and not feeling so great. And this is when I was adding food back into my diet and I didn't really want to go super, super back, sh- like strict back on it. Cause you are enjoying life. <laughs> I'm living life. Like I'm young in my twenties. Like, yeah, you know, and, um, but, uh, it got to a point that sometimes through my flares, I kind of have to dial back and go back to the basics of the diet and everything, which is fine. I, I was very much, I would say to always listen to your body. And that's what I did very, very well. The moment I put something in you know, in my mouth and it did make me feel good, well, then we're not doing that again type thing. It's just not worth it. I'd rather have a quality of life and restrict my food than not. Um, even going out, like there's, there's options for you, you know, like get a very, ask if they put breadcrumbs in their burger patty and get that on a lettuce bun. Like there's so many options, right? Anyway, um, so I decided to about, so maybe about a year and a half ago to get off Humira. I'm like, you know what? I've been on biologics for almost, it's been like 10 years now, just about, um, you know, I just, I want to try this holistic approach, um, and just use through food. I, you know, the thought, I don't really think it's doing anything anyway. Like I'm, I'm good. I don't need it anymore. And, uh, especially the, the doctors at the time, they were They weren't into the diet or anything. I couldn't even talk to them about it. They didn't want to hear it. They saw inflammation markers and was like, what are we going to do? They made me feel like a very sick patient, which I just, you know, didn't love. So I really avoided them too at all costs. Um, So going off about six months on medication, I am more flares than not. I am not doing well. I am so sick. I'm in this new relationship. Thank goodness for him being so understanding. Um it affects everything. Your mood, your and then when you're in pain, you don't you can't do much and you can't focus and you know, you're yelling at someone for no reason like cuz you need an outlet. To be, yeah, yeah, like cuz it does. It just
0: like you said, it affects everything, every aspect of your life.
1: No, 100%. And again, like, I want to go out and live my life and do these things. So, um, I was still was, but, uh, you know, pulling over the side of the road and, you know, stuff like that is just not very fun. So, um, I was off for, I hired a holistic nutritionist. I really wanted to try everything to avoid going back on medication. Just give it a go. Um, she was great. Helped me keep afloat. However, I was still uh, not doing so, so great. She added in really great things that I would totally recommend um, for anyone, just more insight about gut healing itself and really getting to the root cause and managing you know, how often are you drinking alcohol? What is it that you're drinking? Um, you know, certain teas that are actually like marshmallow root tea is great for healing your inside. Slippery elm, you can get it. These in powders too, that you can just put back. Chamomile tea is great for digestion after every uh, dinner meal. Um, you know, not even things like peanuts. Like I ate so much peanut butter growing the natural. I love peanut butter. I can eat a jar of it. I was probably eating way too much peanut butter. He told me that peanuts grow a lot of mold around them. And then it really can affect coffee beans. If you don't buy organic, getting into the nitty gritty, um, you know, for someone that doesn't have an autoimmune may not affect them. But with these severe conditions, I think the accumulation of these things really do add up and make a difference. So I learned to cut certain things out, add certain things in, and that was keeping me afloat. But I still got to a point where I was like, hands up. Okay. I'm going back on medication. I lost at that point, almost 20 pounds, you know, then I, I lost all my muscle mass too, because I wasn't able to go to the gym. And, uh, so after dance or even on the fitness side, um, since I wasn't competitive dance anymore, I just started getting into yoga and stretching and light lift, uh, lifting weights and, um, you know, bar classes and things like that, a little bit, you know, easier on my body, but similar. Cause I just, I love dance ballet. There's my ballet shoes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
1: <laughs> um, that was my passion. And that was also very hard to take away uh, going through university and everything. However, so getting back on medication, um, feeling so much better. Even They had to switch it though, because he said, going back on Remicade or Humira being off of it, you could have developed, um, What's that called? Like the antibodies? The antibodies. Thank you.
0: And they didn't, did they test for it when you like to see if you could go back on? They didn't even test to see if you developed any?
1: (laughs) I don't think so. No, I was, I was such in a desperate state. Oh, sorry. To go back a little bit too. I had a trip planned to go to Hawaii last December and it was like my mom my cousin and my aunt this girls trip were so excited and i was off medication at this point i was so desperate i was feeling so ill terrible all the time i asked for prednisone again i said i haven't been on it in 10 years give me a quick little start i pushed so hard to get it thinking that this was going to at least make my trip so much better i remember it worked so well for me when i first got diagnosed let's give it a go this time i don't know what it is it made me feel so much worse. It was like the it made me feel so constipated which caused a lot more pain. Um I found the pain as Crohn's developed to um not being on medication got so much worse and it was not a fun. I love the Hawaii is amazing. Oahu island totally recommend it. However, not feeling great on it. Um was not as fun as it could have been. So prednisone weird. I don't know if anyone else has experienced this working, you know, when you were younger or first time trial, and then going back on it, not working at all. But, um, so weaned myself off of that really quick. And then, so going back to getting back on medication, we went back on Stelara. Uh, I think it's a bit of a newer biologic. It's an injection. You don't have to sit there doing an infusion anymore. I'm in Canada, by the way, too. So I don't know if they have that all over the states and everything. Yes,
0: we definitely do. Yeah.
1: Okay, okay. <laughs> and um, it's like a needle, like the
0: stellara It's not like the humera pen where you can just like jab it on you. Was it difficult to use?
1: Oh, so I go to the clinic and they oh, okay. inject it me in the back okay. of my arm. Because
0: some people, I think some people can do it themselves. Is that right? You can.
1: Me, not a chance. Like I said, <laughs> not about the medical life. Okay.
0: <laughs> I don't think I could do it either. I can do the pen, no.
1: but. The pen, you don't see the needle. Like when he's taking blood work, I ain't watching the needle go on my arm. Neither you know? do I. <laughs> yeah. Like it doesn't hurt. Like I'm not a, but you know. I just don't like to watch. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. So um, yeah, I've been feeling, this was just in May this year. I got back on Stellaire and I'm feeling so, so much better first three months were amazing. It's summertime. I'm back. I'm 26 years old, living my life, probably drank a bit too much during the summer and uh, started eating more foods that I really wanted to. However, I dialed myself back again because the moment I know my body so well, the moment I start adding in the foods like the sugars and the complex carbs again, um, not even crazy, just Treats here and there. Like, I remember having a cinnamon bun for the first time from this bakery. Like, this is the best day ever. And I ate, like, the whole thing. And I'm like, wow, I can't believe I ate that. And I don't feel sick. Like, this is a miracle drug. Like, oh my goodness. And, but no, it didn't last very long, (laughs) unfortunately. But hey, so I really came to the realization after being on medication, not doing diet, just doing diet, and then doing both. I truly do need both. I think. A lot of people do, too. And listening to other people's stories makes me realize because the dogs will just tell you, they're like, oh, what do you mean? If you can't eat whatever you want, then the drug's not working for you. It just doesn't work. You need to try something else. And it's like, I think any drug I try, I'm going to need a bit of both. Right. And uh, just, yeah, being definitely mindful of that. So really sticking to basically the specific carbohydrate diet has always worked for me. I really do uh, very fully believe in, again, the microbiome and changing the gut bacteria. So really big uh, story. My dad should get on here and share his, but I'll share a little bit. He um, diagnosed when he was around like 28, 30 Uh, had Crohn's, did the diet, has been manageable ever since, off medication, like good to go, loves his wine, like was living his life. He always watched his diet very carefully. Don't get me wrong. The moment he would have a bowl of pasta, he's like, oh, I'm not feeling so great, but nothing crazy. Right. Um, and just even about a year ago, get his, uh, checkup scope. And the GI doctor at that time, unbelievable, said he has microscopic inflammation, not even considered to be Crohn's disease. Really? Yeah. I'm like, dad, are you for real? Like, don't. He's like, no,
0: like, I'm not kidding. How long has he been off medication?
1: I want to say since for Crohn's specific medicine, So we also get psoriasis. And he also has uh, psoriatic, we call it, arthritis. Not bad though. He's always managed through diet and exercise. Again, um, he's like sixty-one years old and can do like a hundred push-ups and like 50 pull-ups. He works out every single day, and it keeps him so well. He has no arthritis pain, and um, so he he was on some biologic for our uh, psoriasis. Mostly that was the most kind of flares that he would have, not even terrible. Like he just didn't, he's a busy, he just didn't like it, having little things on his arms or whatever. Um, So I guess that did kind of help with Crohn's at the same time, right? Because it is an auto, it's another autoimmune condition. So he was on that, not specifically for Crohn's. Um, so he's been off for a while. So that's just a crazy story. I'm really trying to just shout from the rooftops because as we all know, there's no quote unquote cure for Crohn's once you're diagnosed, you're on this, you have it forever and you're probably going to be on medication forever. But, um, you know, more research and studies are coming out these days. And I think it's very, very powerful and influential for everyone to hear. And
0: there's a lot of research. I mean, it's really been exciting for me. Like when I first got diagnosed many years ago, diet was like, whatever it doesn't, you know, diet doesn't matter. Eat whatever you want. It's no big deal. Um, but now it's been fun it's great to see like the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation to actually the studies they're doing specifically about diet, even specifically about the specific carbohydrate diet. So there is so much research and just the, the knowledge of the microbiome and even for consumers to have the ability to do like the at-home microbiome testing. And there's just so much that we're just on the cusp of that. It really is exciting and who knows what it's going to mean for Crohn's and ulcerative colitis in the next, you know, 10, 15, 20 years.
1: Yeah. It's so exciting. It's so exciting. The more and more I research it's, it's awesome. So, and we got, we got living proof. <laughs> yeah. indeed, <laughs> That is possible. So sorry. Yeah. Just to go back for a minute. He, the gastroenterologist was the first doctor that I've heard of because all the ones that I've ever worked with, uh, never bleed in diet. He goes, did you change your diet? God's like, yeah, like one hundred percent for solar. He goes, wow, you actually changed your microbiome and using that terminology, he goes, it takes a long time to do, and he goes, but it is possible, and you did it, my friend.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. That was your your gastroenterologist. You went back to or his?
1: It was it was the the guy that did the scope on my dad. Oh, that's awesome though. It's not my GI. I unfortunately, but unfortunately AGI
0: out there. <laughs> it's AGI out
1: there. And I want him. However, I find here our healthcare system is great here, but there's not too like you're kind of given to the, the city that you're in. So I go to an Oakville GI doctor. I was at McMaster hospital for a while. Um, you know, you don't have too much option there. It's kind of like this is it and go with it. So Here's where you, you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you go for medication if you need it and um people who do, and then you do the rest kind of on your own, I find.
0: So talk to me a little bit about fitness. How has that played a role throughout your whole journey? And how have you either balanced it or did it? Did you find that certain things hurt or help?
1: And talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So the competitive dance was too much. Definitely. I got very, very ill as it was just way too intense. The amount of you know i will still always have that strength training in me however the, what your body is going through is is extreme um so i've learned to find a really good balance like i said in university doing yoga um you know going on walks every day um you know i'm personally not a runner but uh me some
0: people, yeah <laughs>
1: you'll never find me on a treadmill <laughs> but, um, and then light lift weighting, lift, weight lifting, but whatever kind of works for you. Like I personally love bar class. I just did one yesterday, um, because it works the Pilates ballet and puts it together. So Pilates I think is great. Um, you could totally be, uh, you know, a heavy weightlifter with Crohn's. Like I think you can do whatever you really want to do, but I think it's Just kind of finding that cap. We, especially as type A, always want to push ourselves to that next level. And I think it's very healthy physically and mentally. Unfortunately, when you have an autoimmune, when you just really keep pushing, and I see it in myself, you end up making yourself sick. So I think with anyone, it's doing what you love, but just unfortunately, you have to cap yourself. And it's very, very hard because you just want to get to that next level all the time.
0: It's a mental shift for sure. You really have to, you really have to accept that there's certain limitations and that's hard for us to accept. But knowing that either you're going to keep going and you're going to break down your body or you, like you're saying, you recognize where that cap is and it, it can take a while to get there. I know for me, it definitely took, it took some time to get there.
1: Yeah, for sure. And especially being in your 20s, you're young. um, There's also a lot of environmental stress and anxiety and emotions. It's a very confusing age to be in. I'm 26 now, so I'm like every year you feel like a different person and you're growing and, you know, you're trying to figure out your profession, your career. So I also have read that people, as they get older, their Chrome system symptoms seem to relieve themselves and not be as terrible. I feel like just being such high energy all the time in your twenties um, is hard to manage too. But um, yeah, I also, Um, some people, everyone's a little bit different, but like I was getting medical, um, THC and CBD, um, nothing crazy not to get all, uh, you know, screwed up or whatever from it, but uh, just relieving of pain and really calming down, uh, the mind at the same time. I think that's a really big part of it in controlling, um, you know mind body connection is definitely a thing like i said before i don't think it's a coincidence that type a necessarily has crohn's just because my dad had it too i don't necessarily think it's hereditary um all the time yes genes will but there's a lot of people you know in their generations they've never had crohn's or even an autoimmune condition but they happen to have it right
0: especially when you take into the microbiome and all of the the chemicals and everything we have in our environment now that wasn't there, you know, 50 years ago. And so there's exactly, there's a lot that goes into the the microbiome and it's not just genetics, but it's the whole picture that we look at.
1: Totally. Uh, I believe it's the past, yeah, 50 years has been more autoimmune conditions than ever. Like why did Crohn's just spark up one day? Right. I don't think it's just Something, you know, it's definitely a lot of different factors put together that really make up what's happening. And now more and more people are being diagnosed all the time. And, you know, not, you know, there's food is huge, what we eat every day. And even our fruits and vegetables and meats these days are not what they were, they don't have the amount of nutrients. And I think nutrient deficiency in Crohn's, you need to overnourish yourself. So even more recently I've been trying actually the carnivore diet. I tried that for a little bit. Oh yeah. How did it work for you?
0: Um I enjoyed it for I mean, I did I did good on it. I enjoyed it for a while. But then I started um I think I maybe did it for like a year, but then I think I started to feel I was fighting fatigue. And I don't know if it was just fatigue from like my kidney related issues starting to kind of make itself known or if it was just autoimmune fatigue or whatnot. And so then I just kind of, my cravings were different. Things just kind of shifted. And that happened, like I found that over time things shift, like certain things we can eat, we can't eat later. Certain things we crave, we don't crave later. And so my body just kind of shifted and I felt like it was time to change. So I started doing other things, but I enjoyed it for a while.
1: Yeah. I love steak. (laughs) I'm really enjoying it right now. Like I love steak and ground beef. Yeah. And I didn't, I actually didn't eat a lot of red meat. It was, I was only once or twice a week. I ate a lot of chicken and fish, which was great. However, the more I learn about it, it's where that meat is coming from. Now, even try and get grass fed beef most of the time, if I can, if it's accessible. Yes, it is not as affordable. However, I'm really paying the same amount per pound of ground beef than I would at the grocery store for grass fed. So it's worth it in that way.
0: How long have you been on it now?
1: It's been three weeks. I'm really enjoying it. I'm feeling better than ever. I had a very, very bad flare just before this was actually triggered me to go really strict back on diet. I was, like I said, kind of in the, you know, SCD diet, but you know, also, nothing crazy, just I'm, I'm a big snacker, you know, I like to snack on even just again, like peanut butter and like even making keto breads and stuff like that. I just love with my eggs, but just the, it's anything processed. And anything with seed oils are so bad, even for someone who doesn't have an autoimmune or digestive disorder. Um, Seed oils are so terrible for you. And they're in everything between I mayonnaise is my favorite condiment, I cut that out. And like I said before, it's the accumulation that I'm realizing of little things here and there that really do add up and just being very sensitive. So to me, it's a it's a blessing and a curse. Um, The moment I eat off, what I can't, my body reacts right away. I don't feel good. However, I had a terrible, th- I was up all night. I'm throwing up. I'm in the worst pain ever. Well, the next day, I drank bone broth like pretty much all day. I'm eating just my homemade yogurt. And within two days, and then I go right into the carnivore diet. I ate beef for two days straight. And literally, I was like, I have in uh, almost a month now, I've had zero pain, stomach pain. And that was like the main symptom no bathroom problems. Like, and it, it's, it happens very quickly. Cause I don't let myself get to that tipping point. If I have a flare, I know you need to really hound down on every single bite of food you put in your mouth. And I just don't look at it as like a bad, Oh, it's like so restrictive. I just don't look at it as a terrible, like I look at it in a very positive way. We're lucky that we have access to the foods that we need in order to heal our insides. You know, I think to going on into even our society has normalized unhealthy eating. We think it's okay to go to Starbucks every single morning and get a 20 to 40 gram sugar drink. And it's it's normalized, it's like the cool thing. Throw some whipped cream in there and oh yeah, let's flavored syrups and <laughs> yeah, and it's like who cares? Oh, whatever, like it's a tree, like it's not a big deal. But why don't we think that it's not a big deal? Why do we think that going to McDonald's once a week or how often, you know, is an okay thing to do? This isn't even food. Sugar is not food, you know? And when we go for dinner and people are judging you by getting what you're eating, it's like, because society has ingrained into them that even the food pyramid is a healthy way to live. Like, I'm sorry. It's really, <laughs> really even if I didn't have Crohn's or anything, I would like, I don't think people, you should not be eating the food pyramid. You should not. <laughs> not good. So when you think of your, think of it in that way, changing the mindset, yes, a cinnamon bun would be great to have however it's it's not good for anyone like you know long term like okay maybe you have it like once every six months or something it's not going to kill you but it's just overall I try to take away the word moderation now because I don't think you know when you're like oh just eat it in moderation what does that mean once a week
0: true what does it mean yeah yeah
1: okay so even like oh I have like one a day it's like oh okay so now it's okay because you know, one an hour. <laughs> yeah. Listen to your body, do the things that are good for your body long term, and it will, you'll feel so much better and it'll reward itself.
0: What are some of the other tips and things that you do when you start to feel a flare coming on? You definitely have diet as one lever to pull. Do you have other levers to pull to help manage symptoms when you feel those flares?
1: Yeah, really, um, really meditation is huge. I try and do at least 10 minutes of meditation every morning, um, dialing back, not being so physically active, specifically downward dog yoga is if you're in pain, I don't know, especially with Crohn's, we know it's on like the lower right side, usually where the small and large intestine meet. That's where a lot of my inflammation is when I feel pain downward dog it. And that helps. That's <laughs> and the pose. Yes. It relieves the pain dolphin pose where you put your elbows on the floor, your butts in the air. And I don't know, it it moves, moving your inside, actually massaging your insides is, is a big part of it. Um, putting yourself and your health first, you know, I'm very much, you know, work, 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 have to do this you know, overachiever, all the things and I let that get in the way sometimes. So when I'm having a flare, it's, you know what? In 10 years, am I going to look back and wish I, you know, maybe just took a week to myself and just you know, really focused on my health. Um yeah, I think that's that's really important and realizing what's what else is going on in your life, not letting things affect you, you know, creating boundaries. Um yeah, definitely.
0: Is that kind of helping with the managing stress as well? How do you how do you manage stress these days now that you're career and
1: you're yeah, older I know. and Full-time real estate agent, realtor on the number one REMAX team in Canada, on the golfy team. It's, it's kind of a big deal. It is. <laughs> very much. You know, there's a lot of pressure. We announce our goals every quarter We're you know, we have to hit these goals. It's very pressured. Every day, I just take time for myself. I wake up. I take at least two hours before I dive into work for myself, reset my mind, reset my body, make sure that I'm in a very good state. And even at night, taking time before I go to bed before, you know, I'm just learning that you don't have to be go, go, go all the time. Again, there's a societal expectation too, even being woman that, you know, you need to make your own money, have a career, do this. Like we're so pushed and forced where I take myself completely out of that. I'm like, Hey, If I don't hit this or whatever, it's not the end of the world where when I was younger, I literally thought it was, it was the end of the (laughs) world. Yeah, that's it. And like the stress on your body, it's so not good for anything overall. So really, really putting yourself and your health first before anyone or anything else who cares that you didn't meet a deadline, what deadline, no one's going to die. You're okay. (laughs)
0: Exactly. It's a shift in thinking.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: What is the biggest piece of advice you would give to people listening, either other people who also have IBD or maybe people who are listening who are learning more about IBD because of someone in their life that they know who has the diagnosis?
1: Biggest piece of advice, don't just listen to your doctor. Figure out your body on your own. Really listen to the foods that you put in your body, what it's telling you food going in should, you should feel basically nothing. I had a hard time even knowing I'm like asking people like, what do you feel? I'm like, do you, do you feel bloated? And does your stomach hurt every time you eat? Cause you almost forget what normal feels like. If you put something in your body and you're, you're, you know, you can feel your inflammation and, and have that mind, but I always like feel it. I lay on my back every day and I feel, Feel Everyone has like that little lump or whatever it is, big, small, that inflammation and putting the mind body connection that like this is going to dissolve and really telling yourself Um, and yeah, listening to if even a piece of I don't know, a carrot or something bothers you, don't eat them. <laughs> your body's telling you that it, maybe, maybe you can in a year, but your body's telling you it doesn't want that right now. I used to be able, when I was well to be able to eat nuts all the time. It was like my go-to snack. I love crunchy things, chips, so hard to give up. Now I don't, I can't eat nuts. I don't eat nuts. My everything hard and crunchy going down. So why put myself through the pain and the trauma and want to end up in a way worse position and just, and putting the mindset to healing, which is not in the, in the doctor's office, you know, when you focus on your body of a healing and that it actually have hope that you actually can heal your Crohn's disease and that there is hope where you don't have to suffer the rest of your life. When you make that mental shift, um, I think your body reacts to that. Just like my dad, he's a prime example. He doesn't not looking at yourself as a sick person, think the positive mindset is so needed. And yes, it's hard. You know, I've been through terrible flares. I've had terrible months, years where I suffered. However, I never looked at myself as a victim of my suffering. Um, there's a very big difference. And I just find at least the people that I've worked with in hospitals, they really look at you as a patient and as a sick person. And I don't think putting that in your mind is going to help you at all
0: mindset definitely matters
1: 100% 100 as much as the doctor will tell you this is just what it is we don't we don't have a root cause it's like no there is a root cause here i wasn't born with this i developed this through my life so clearly something happened and i really still do it's a lot of research again is coming back to The bacteria and a lot of Crohn's and colitis patients have an overgrowth of candida, which is a bad fungus. And when you have too much of this bad fungus, um, it causes this inflammation. So that's really what I think the root cause is. Give yourself, make the specific carbohydrate diet, yogurt, probiotics is what's really going to heal. Avoid antibiotics unless you have to. That's going to strip your lining um, think of your intestinal tract that's so inflamed, like a open wound cut outside of your skin. Even things like paprika or cayenne, that's probably going to burn the cut hot sauce. Some people can. That is going probably going to burn your insides. What is going to layer the intestinal tract where it's going to heal? And then eventually reduce and get down to that inflammation, I think is really when you change that and not just rely on your medication or, you know, oh, whatever, I ate that. And like, I don't feel that great. I think the buildup can happen really, really quick.
0: Making a whole health approach. It's not just not just one thing. Yeah. Well, is there is there anything we've covered a lot today? Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you wanted to share with the audience or anything you wanted to ask me or any last words of advice?
1: I feel like probably after we leave the show, I'm going to be like, oh, and I didn't <laughs> mention this and that and all these great things. Um, I think I I think I think did cover a lot. And through my experience, I think just really giving people hope that uh, you don't have to suffer and live with this the rest of your life. yes. There are severities too, um, but I think you know you really can. Uh, it doesn't have to get that severe if you really, really just take control of the situation and your your body wants to heal itself. Your body's very, very powerful, and um, yeah, really, really focusing on that every single day. Affirmations, um, vision board. I'm all about that healing. Um, picturing my life, not having Crohn's, picturing the things that I want to do when I'm older, you know, having kids and seeing me healthy, not sick all the time, not seeing my kids go through the same thing, like envisioning what your future wants to look like without it. Um, I don't know, my dad did it. So I feel like other people can too. (laughs) And I'm still on that journey, but that's the goal. That's such
0: a great message. And thank you so much for sharing your story.
1: Thank you. If people want to
0: follow you and keep up with your story and your journey, is there anywhere that they can do that online?
1: Yeah. So I am uh, a little bit real estate based. However, I have been starting to share a bit of my story through TikTok. Uh, My TikTok is Brittany with two T's, A-N-Y. B, just the letter real T. So Brittany B, real T. Um, My Instagram is Remax, Brittany Blaze right now. My last name is spelled B-L-A-I-S, French Canadian. (laughs) We'll pronounce it with a Z still. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And of course, I have Facebook, Brittany Brittany Blaze. You can find me there as well. But I am slowly dabbling in and trying to share a bit more of my story and shout this from the rooftops. I am a bit kind of in the beginning stage of that, Um, but hopefully to come, I would love to end up coaching people and guiding them through and and helping them in the end because I think there is a lot of people suffering out there, unfortunately, that just need a little bit of help.
0: That's fantastic. I will put all of those links in the show notes so that people can find you. And thank you so much for starting to share your journey and sharing more about it. It's really so beneficial to have so many people in the IBD community sharing what they're doing, sharing their stories, and just raising awareness. So thank you for that.
1: Thank you so much for allowing me to share. This was fun. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Crohn's Fitness Food
0: Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have an IBD story, either as a patient or a family member, that you'd like to share as a guest on this podcast, or if you have a topic you'd like to hear about, send me an email at cronesfitnessfood at gmail.com. And if you'd like to learn more about me and my Crohn's journey, follow me on Instagram using at or visit my blog, Crohn'sFitnessFood.com. And finally, remember, be strong, be grateful, and keep going, my fellow warriors.